Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of whatever this is, uh, chapter 23. We're going to cover sections 1 through 3. First section is about the ray model of light. And the idea here is that you can treat light as um, an object, uh, a straight line. So imagine a light bulb. If you want to know where the light's going to end up, you can, which is you know what we do as physicists, we try to predict the future. So if you turn a light on, you want to know where the rays are going to go. You can just imagine a single point from A to B and connect a line there, straight line off that um, light bulb to figure out where it's going to go and then use that to sort of predict how things work. So that's just 23-1 is just telling you that you can do that and it's called geometric optics because then you're just doing geometry, connecting lines together. 23-2 is an application of that shows you how to reflect light off of a mirror and how uh, mirrors work and reflective surfaces work. And um, the main thing to take away here is the angle of incidence equals the angle of reflection. And that's called the law of reflection. It's been around for a long time. We've known about it. Um, when a ray of light hits a surface, it's reflected off. Just like if you play pool, you try to um, use the uh, bumper to bounce the pool ball, you know that if you hit it at a certain angle, it's going to bounce at that same angle off. Um, the, the thing you got to pay attention to is how we measure these, these angles. So you draw a normal line to the surface, which means just a straight perpendicular line, 90 degrees up and down. And the, you measure the angle of incidence from that normal line over to the ray. So you don't measure it from the surface up to the ray, you measure it from that normal, and then the incident and reflected angles there should equal each other. And so that's kind of a nice trick um, that we use with mirrors and lenses and everything. Um, so pay attention to that because that's a really important thing. Um, then they talk about the difference between uh, specular and uh, diffuse uh, reflection. And um, that's sort of the difference between a dull surface and a shiny surface. And the smoother a surface is, the uh, shinier it is, and the more mirror-like it'll be. Um, okay, and then you keep going on. There's some definitions here. What, what you see when you look into a mirror is called an image. Um, that's just a keyword, so that's not a real thing, it's an image. Um, in this case, it's a, a virtual image because it's on the other side of the mirror. It doesn't really exist. Um, a, a real image is going to be one that you could project onto a screen. Um, so like a projector, when you put a lens in a projector and put the PowerPoint up on a screen, you're projecting a real image out into space and you're trying to focus that image onto the screen. That's different from a mirror. Uh, we're looking at a virtual image in figure 23-6 there. At the bottom of that page, it's defining a few words here, terms. The image distance is the distance from the mirror to this image. It's a physical distance, it's a real distance. Um, in this case, for a mirror, the image distance and the object distance are the same, which is not always the case. We'll see that that's not the case soon, but um, that's just if you just measure the distance from an object to the mirror, then you can also measure the distance from a mirror to the image that is created. And that's what we're trying to do as physicists is predict where images are going to be created from objects. Um, so again, at the very bottom there, it's distinguishing between a virtual image and a real image. Make sure you understand that. That's a little bit confusing. There's an example, 23-1 here, we'll do in class. Uh, and just trying to figure out how tall a mirror needs to be in order to see your full body. So do you need a full-length mirror on your entire door to see your whole body? That's 
six feet tall or so? Maybe not. Um, read through that example to sort of figure out um, what length mirror you need to get just so you can see what your whole body looks like without uh, um, spending an extra dime for another uh, inch of mirror. All right, and then section 23-3 here is about uh, using mirrors as a tool to sort of form images. There's two types of mirrors here. They show you in figure 23-9, a, uh, I like to call them any, any mirrors and outie mirrors. Uh, so a concave mirror is one that's dented inward and it magnifies an image and that's what you'd use uh, to put your makeup on or something. Not that I have experience with that. And if you go into a lot of hotels, they have those mounted on the wall. Um, figure 23-9B is a convex mirror, and that's like a security mirror that you have on a store. Um, it gives you a wider view of what's going on, kind of shrinks the image down, and gives you a larger uh, view of what's going on. So they're on cars and trucks in the rearview mirrors to help see more uh, stuff going on around them. You can see on 23-8 there on the lower right, those are just showing you how rays behave. So a convex mirror are going to bounce rays away from the mirror. A concave mirror are going to focus the rays back uh, into the center of the radius of curvature there. Turning the page here, uh, page 636 at the top. The important thing here, we, we usually consider parallel rays um, to be from objects that are really far away. So at the very top, you see a tree. The light coming off of it is spreading out, spreading out, spreading out. And if we're really far away, those two little rays there on the right, they almost look parallel when they hit the mirror. So we generally consider that to be close enough. And that helps us when we're looking at figures 23, 11, and 12 to determine how mirrors behave um, when they're uh, focusing. And um, a, a concave mirror, like you see in, in 23, 11, and 12, they actually focus the rays back to the focal point, which we'll talk about here. Um, but what figure 2311 is trying to show is that um, you can't get a perfect image, and so images are usually blurry a little bit, and this is why camera lenses are really expensive. The better the camera, the better it focuses, and the less blurriness you get from a, a light ray not ending up in the same spot as another ray. So those parallel lines coming into that concave uh, mirror there in 2311, they should all focus to the same point. 2311 is showing you that they don't quite all focus to the same point. You get a little blurriness, and that's called spherical aberration. Um, and that's just aberrant behavior, I guess, in the lens, naughty lens. Okay, so the focal point and the focal length here. The important thing is uh, the if you take a mirror and then you cut a line right through the center of it, that's called the principal axis. Um, so if you look at figure 2312, there's a black line right through the center of it, and it's labeled there as the principal axis. That's just the center line where all the activity is measured from. Then the focal point is de defined as the point where light from infinity, as it comes in parallel, it gets focused at that point. So that's called the focal point. And the focal length is the distance from the mirror itself along the principal axis to that focal point. So it's just a, a measurement, it's a definition. It's a property of every lens. Every lens has its own focal point and that tells you um, its optical properties. Okay, and so then go down a little bit to 23-1 and that's your main takeaway here is that the focal length of a lens is the half the radius of curvature um, which I don't know if that makes sense or not, but that's what it is. So if you, if you look at that lens, if you could measure, if you make that a complete circle and take its radius 
then divide that by two, that's where the focal point is gonna be for that lens. Okay, and so um, then it continues on, talks about spherical aberration. Then here we have image formation. So what we're gonna do in this part is for every mirror, lens, everything we talk about, if you wanna know where an image is created uh, from an object, you only need to draw three rays. And these three rays, you need to know what these three rays are for every case, which is a concave, convex lens or concave, convex mirror. Um, but those two uh, will tell you everything you need to know about predicting where an image is gonna be. So what you do, if you look at A, B, and C here at the center of page 637, um, these images are kind of stupid, but that's okay. We've got a blue lens here, and then they're drawing an object as uh, sort of a, I don't know what color that is, purple or brown arrow. I can't tell, the light's kind of orange here. So it's either a brown or purple arrow sticking up at the O coordinate, and that O refers to uh, the object. Okay, so the if you measure a ray from the top of that object, imagine a light ray coming off of it. Remember, everything's shooting off rays in every direction. We're just going to pick three. Um, so this ray, if you take from that O prime coordinate, which is the top of the object, if you shoot it parallel to the principal axis into the mirror, it's going to reflect off through the focal point. That's just the property of the mirror. It's pretty cool. So the, the parallel ray goes in, hits the mirror, bounces off, goes right through the focal point. Ray two then, the next one we're going to draw is the opposite of that case where we're going to go through the focal length first, first until we hit the mirror and then it bounces off parallel to the principal axis and you can start to see on the left hand of image b where those two lines cross and then ray three what you do is you draw it up until it's perpendicular to the mirror so that it reflects right back so it's at a 90 degree incident angle so then the reflected angle is also at 90 degree so it just goes up hits the mirror comes back and you see those three rays end up intersecting down on the lower left there, and then that is where your image is gonna be creating. That's where all of the rays, if you fill in all the rest of them from everything else, all the light from that point is gonna end up down at that point. It's gonna be reflected over there, and that's gonna create a real image. It's in real space, it's over there, um, and it looks like it's gonna be magnified because it's a little bit longer uh, than the original uh, object. Now, this object, it could be a tree, it could be a fish, it could be, um, a tiny insect or something. Uh, we're representing it just with arrows here. So if this doesn't really kind of make sense conceptually, try to play with a mirror and, and look at an object and see where these images are created. Okay, so that's called a real image because it's in real space and you could see it with your eye. You could put it on an image. Um, and then now let's go to the next page, 638. So we've got our definitions here, the object distance and the image distance. They're just what they sound like. They're the distance measured from the lens to the object and the lens to the mirror. So if we measure those things and draw them down from this example, we get uh, not only the lens equation, but we also get the magnification equation. And the magnification equation is just what you'd expect if you take the height divided by of the image divided by the height of the object, that's going to be a ratio. If it's 1.5, that means it's magnified 1.5 times. If it's 0.75, that means it's 25% smaller. So that's the magnification is just the ratio of the sizes of the objects. That same ratio actually turns out to be the ratio between the image and object distances, the distances they are from the mirror. So that's kind of a neat uh, fact that the magnification, the ratio of the height to the, of the objects 
to the image is the same as the ratio of the distance from the object and the image from the lens. Um, the mirror equation here just relates the object and image distance to the focal length. It's a nice uh, property. And then this is what you really need to pay attention to, page 639 at the very top. Um, this trips everybody up in, in the history of physics. This is the sign conventions, uh, sign conventions for the image, height, distance, object, image as a positive or negative number. Um, so uh, what it says right here is the height is positive if the image is upright, negative if it's inverted. So that's just measuring the distance from the principal axis like a normal y-axis, above the line is positive, below the line is negative. And then the di or do, the image distance or object distance, is positive. So either image or object is positive if the image or the object is in front of the mirror, as it is in figure 2314. So if you look at 2314, both the object and the image are in front of the mirror. So in this case, both of those uh, would be positive. If either image or object is behind the mirror, the corresponding distance is negative. An example can be seen in 2316, which is on the next page, and we'll talk about that later. Um, but that's that's your main trick, and that's why if you look at the magnification equation 23-3 on the previous page at the bottom, there's a minus sign put in there on purpose, and that's there to uh, to, to deal with this sign convention. This will make more sense once we get um, into the lenses and mirrors and everything, um, but that's the main thing there. And then if you, so this previous page that we're looking at an object, that object is outside the focal length of the lens. So, okay, if we put the object inside the focal length of the lens, this is where the concave mirror um, comes into play in a makeup setting or in a hotel if you want to look at a pimple really close or something. Your face has to be within the focal length of the lens um, or that mirror. And when you're within that focal length, you can see those three rays. We draw the same three rays parallel through the focal length and then out through the focal length. And then we get an image. It's magnified and it's virtual. It looks like it's on the other side of the lens uh, or of the mirror. And so that's, that's how that works. Um, so then we have another... Uh, example here trying to apply what we learned to the concave mirror when the object is within the focal length and you just go through plug in your numbers you can get where the image is going to be created it says minus 31 over 30 centimeters there um, so that minus 1 over 30 means that that image is 30 centimeters on the other side of the lens so that's just um, how that works okay and then for convex mirrors here page 641 we're almost to the end here um, you do the same thing, um, but in this case, the rays you draw, you got your first ray, you have your object here. Again, they've got it with a little purple or brown, I can't tell, purple arrow. You imagine a ray going parallel to the principal axis. That's going to bounce off as if it came from the focal length. You're going to have one go in and back out um, as if it went through uh, the uh, center of curvature there of the lens and that's going to bounce back off to your eye those two rays right there uh tell you that um the image is tiny there and you can see where the two lines appear to come from so it looks smaller and it's on the other side so it's a virtual image and that's why a con uh, vex mirror is used for review mirrors or security mirrors because they uh, make all the space around you a little bit smaller so you can see a larger area um, from your field of view. 
Okay, and then example 23.4 is a convex rearview mirror. Again, you just use that uh, relationship between the object, the image distance, and the focal length. And that just tells you where all these things are going to be. This is how the glasses on your face were designed. Um, that's why we call this the, well, we're going to use the same equation. It's called the lens maker equation. Um, it's the same for mirrors. Okay, so that's um, everything up to this point. We'll get into 23.4, 23.5 next time. Um, uh, bye.